You're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, where we take questions that was asked of us off of our Focus Compounding website and share it with you here on the podcast for free. To read more of our thoughts about investing, go to www.focuscompounding.com and sign up using the word podcast for the promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is our first podcast here on the uh, FocusCompounding.com website. We sincerely thank everybody for joining in. We've had tons of people emailing us, um, you know, being all excited about this podcast, and we're really excited to be here. We sincerely thank everybody for listening. Uh, My name is Andrew Kuhn, sitting alongside my partner here in crime and the one and only Mr. Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great. Well, good. Well, again, we really hope everybody's had a really good start to the new year. Um, You know, markets have been, you know, we don't really talk about so many macro stuff here, but uh, markets have been crazy. and It's definitely been an interesting time uh, to watch. And uh, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, We will be doing these podcasts uh, pretty frequently now, now that we have our setup all ready to go. And we're just really excited about it. Um, I wanted to, you know, just for our first podcast, we're just going to sort of jump into it. Um, you know, there's a lot of information out there about you, Jeff, I'd Mm -hmm. say, I mean, I mean, you've been writing for how long? I mean, 12 years, 12 years. Yeah. You were, I mean, a lot of people don't realize you were kind of the pioneer in the, the blogosphere of, of investing. I mean, yeah, yeah, long time. And, but there's tons of information about, you know, your investing style and your write-ups and, you know, all that sort of stuff, but there's not a lot of personal information about you, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Um, you know, sometimes people email me just asking stuff Mm -hmm. about you all the time and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but so for the first podcast, um, we're just going to kind of roll with a Q and a, I think that's kind of be a good way to kind of, uh, get our feet wet with, you know, these podcasts. And, um, you know, I think it's a good, uh, introduction to doing them. Um, the number one question that we get asked all the time is how did you and Jeff meet? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get asked that all the time. I think people are jealous that we, do meet up because you have such a, a big following. Um, but do you, do you remember how we met? Yes, I do remember how we met. Uh, but how long have we known each other now? What is it? A little bit over a year, a little over a year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy because, um, you know, me, I mean, I, I've read your stuff for a very long time. Right. And, um, you know, I remember I was, I came across your Twitter and I saw that you lived in Plano. For those of you who don't know, we live in Dallas, uh, the some cities outside Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. And I saw that Jeff lived in Plano, Texas, which is uh, a city where my office happened to be. Um, now, we do live about like, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, or, yeah, you live like 20 minutes away from my office. Plano is a pretty big city. Um, but, you know, just by kind of luck, we we lived in the same city or in the same area um, and then what did I do? Did I call you? Did you I, did I stalk you? What I do? You emailed me <laughs> and the subject line I think was just plain out question mark. <laughs> that's right. That is right. <laughs> so for those who don't know me, I mean, that's such a classic Andrew thing. I, uh, whenever I'm interested in, in meeting people, I'm, I'll do whatever I can do to meet them. But that is what I did. Mm-hmm. I think I, I sent you in the subject line. It did say Plano, Texas, question mark, question mark. And then I remember in typical Jeff fashion, he sent me a, tons i mean we just kind of started talking right mm-hmm. off the bat and um you know what do we do from there we just did we we met up we with, met regularly yeah, yeah, yeah. at a, a restaurant yeah yeah so we would we would meet up um and i i totally encourage everybody to do this i mean if you i mean coming from my perspective jeff's obviously older and um you know obviously a lot more experienced than i am but you know if you look up to someone or you they have a lot of qualities that you'd want to 
you know, replicate for yourself, you know, just reach out to them, say, let's go meet for coffee. And, you know, let's pretty much, you know, sit down and teach me what you know. And what, what would we do? Talk stocks. Yeah. yeah. Literally just, just grab some coffee and, um, you know, sit there and, you know, go over a bunch of different things, all things related to investing. Was, and we kind of had a system going and we have to start back up because towards the end of the year, we stopped doing our sessions. But what we would do is we would literally just grab a cup of coffee. Uh, we would go over a company that we both decided we would uh, do due diligence. Do, yeah, can't talk. Do due diligence on mm-hmm. the uh, for the week, and then we would just sit there for I don't know hour and a half to two hours, and and uh, really go over it. So it was it was a lot of fun for me. So that's kind of how Jeff and I met, um, you know. And it's you know from there we kind of uh, decided to start FocusCompounding.com, and it's been you know a lot of fun. I mean, for me, I've met so many people through here that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have regularly met. I mean, I think you, you talk to people pretty frequently as well. Like on Saturdays, you're usually on Skype talking yeah, to people. And all the people who write for the site, we talk a lot about what articles they're going to write. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're good, certainly a good mentor towards everyone. Um, you know, but so that's pretty much the answer to that question, a little bit, a uh, long answer to a very short question, but we met just simply by emailing mm-hmm. each other. And then from there we, uh, we decided to meet up in person and, you know, ever since then we've just been uh, really good friends so that's something that i totally recommend to a lot of you guys do as well if you know you have somebody that you look up to be sure to to reach out to them um okay so our next question and i'm just reading off questions for those of you guys who don't know we tweeted out a while ago um about some different questions and people emailed in a bunch of different questions so we compiled them all together uh, but this question i think is a good one for you and i'll sort of chime in with my own thoughts as well uh, and it's what's the best way do you think to become a better investor? And this is something we sort of talk about often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think doing the practical work of uh, like looking at a different 10K all the time. Um, most of the people I talk to read a lot of books. Um, they don't spend as much time looking at specific stocks themselves. Um, and I think doing the actual work of going through. Why is that, do you think? Like, do you think, is it financial theory books? Yeah, they do a lot of that. I think a lot of people worry about whether they're doing the right thing yeah. rather than going in and, and just trying it out. And um, the first times you do research on your own, it's hard. And it, you don't know if you're doing the right. Yeah, you don't yeah. know if you're doing it right. Um, but then over time, you get your you get your own style. You know what kind of um, companies you can look at, what kinds aren't you're not that good at. And um, that's just the only way to do it. And most of the people I talk to don't do enough of that, I'd say. And, um, uh, that's a big difference in the people who I was saying, write for our site. The, the big thing about how you get to write for our site is that you're someone who's constantly researching stocks on your own and able to handle finding a new idea and, and having your own ideas about that stock that you're not reading anywhere else, not taking anyone else's ideas about it, but doing your own research. Um, those people were already doing that before they talked about you, can I write something for the site? And, um, most people, who are otherwise good investors, I think, rely a lot on other people's thinking. So I think, you know, independent thought about actually putting in the work yourself. Um, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's, and, you know, I remember, I mean, I'm, I'm 21 now, and I, I remember being like, you know, 14, 15 years old, and I think I was Googling, you know, how to read a 10K or how does Warren Buffett read mm-hmm. a 10K? Because in a way, it's, it's a bit intimidating if you've never, you know, read it because you don't know, like, do I read it word for word? Do you print it out? Do you highlight? What do you read? And, um, you know, for me, so I completely understand. And, you know, I kind of fell into that boot camp as well, because, you know, I think you really do need some sort of basic knowledge 
to or like some sort of framework or groundwork to you know then start to exploring um you know a bunch of different companies but you know i i do agree i really do think that people they kind of um they kind of maybe lengthen the learning curve because they're just reading so many books on financial theory so many books like you know and and of course it's it's a lot of fun to read um you know a lot of those books but i i really think the best way to become a better investor is just reading one 10k after another just reading about a bunch of different um, you know, different companies. And it's kind of like, you know, we've talked about it, um, you know, and I've written a little bit about Greenbrick Partners on on the website once. And upon doing my due diligence on Greenbrick, I also read about, I don't know, four or five other home builders. So it's like in the future, all that knowledge that really wasn't relevant to the investment per se, because I didn't end up investing in those other companies, it really still is relevant because, you know, next time if I ever do come across a home builder, I'm so much more familiar within the industry, yeah. you know, and, and we talk about a lot how all knowledge and investing is cumulative and it builds up pretty much just like compound interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, that would be my advice is just, you know, if you understand accounting and you understand, I guess, how to value companies or how mm-hmm. to think about valuing companies, um, I would say just, you know, start reading a bunch of annual reports and about many different businesses. Yeah, that's the best thing I did that when I got started investing uh, in my early teens, I did it by just looking at companies, not really knowing um, any of this theory stuff, which came later, learning more about that. Yeah, that was the biggest advantage I had over a lot of people. They start by reading all these books first and Mm -hmm. not doing a lot of picking their own stocks. How many books on investing do you think you actually read? How many have I read? I'm sure. I mean, like per year, for example. Like, now, not that many. None. Yeah. yeah. No, not as much. I mean, a few, but not as many. Uh, I mean, I read a few when I know the author or like what they've done before, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. All right. So the next question comes from somebody that emailed in, which I think is uh, a good question. He said, how do you and Jeff decide when, so- or excuse me, how do you and Jeff decide which stock to research next? Mm-hmm. Well, you can talk about this a little bit because uh, I guess you picked them out for our sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had mentioned those. Yeah, so typically, honestly, and I don't really necessarily know if there's a good way to find like stocks to get interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some ideas that just kind of jump out at me. Like I've, I've written about it before. I read the Wall Street Journal in the morning. I read Barron's on the weekend. Never really find ideas from that. But I have, I feel like a lot of my ideas have just come from kind of Googling around. I mean, I used to use Magical Formula to screen for stocks just right. because it took, I guess, companies that earn high returns on capital, which could be a good business, mm-hmm. and then was trading at a, a high earnings yield, which could meant, mean that it was cheap. Um, you know, but the older, I guess the more experience I've gotten, I just feel like ideas just kind of jump out at me. And I just, you know, really just kind of, I've learned to kind of get away from just going to guru focus and kind of looking at a quick summary mm-hmm. of of this of the um you know like where it's trading and where it's currently trading on like EV to EBITDA you know multiple mm-hmm. and just really actually learn more about the business itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have I, I just feel like really a lot of good ideas just come out to me, and what I've tried to do is learn more about the business first and don't even worry about the valuation and then value it from there. And then if it's, if I do think it's a a business I'd like to own in the future, then it just kind of goes on a watch list. I just kind of follow it from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Or, I mean, of course, I mean, but NACO industries, I mean, how'd you come across that? That was a blog post. Uh, A lot of them are blog posts that I find, um, or some mention somewhere. Um, often it's more the idea. See, this is a little different about the 
company versus the idea of whether this might be a mispriced stock. Mm-hmm. NACA was something that the company was going to split up. It owned two very different things. And some things that the blog post mentioned seemed a little complicated. So there might be mispricing. Um, a lot of them are like that, where it just seems like this might be something that would bore people or seem a little complicated to people. Or, uh, you know, I guess NACA was technically a real special situation because it was a real spinoff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are even just companies that seem like other people might not be researching them or might have the wrong idea about them or something like that. Um, looking for the opposite of something that's covered by like 20 analysts and everyone has a real good idea of what they are going to report next quarter and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Cool. All right, perfect. Next question, and this is actually actually a good one. How did you get into investing? Uh, I got into investing, let's see, when I was probably 14 or something like that. I started picking stocks. Um, And how old are you now? uh, 32. 32. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, I did that not really as a value investor. I just mm-hmm. sort of naturally stumbled into that because I've said before that actually when I, um, read about value investing and learned about value investing, that was, uh, my dad had seen the kind of stocks that I picked and I talked about them and everything. Was your dad in the business? No. Um, so that's so interesting to me because like, I feel like a lot of people, for example, like Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. he, his dad was in the business, right? right? Which sort of piqued the interest. Charlie Munger, how'd he get in the business? Well, Warren Buffett kind of persuaded right. him to get into it. You kind of just stumbled upon it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think the internet made the difference there um, because that was the very beginning of being able to use the internet to do that kind of research. Mm-hmm. It was very minimal compared to what it's like now, but it was the very early years of that. Um, so, uh, being able to look up SEC for filings and things like that really, uh, changed things that way. Um, cause when did you start? Nine, was in it in the nineties? Yeah. yeah. Like is, late nineties. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting because the, there, everyone was talking about the stock market and about, um, stocks, but, uh, so it was interesting to be sort of a value investor mm-hmm. in that environment and that a lot of things people were doing didn't make sense to me, but I'm sure that all the media attention on stocks and everything is what got me interested in the stock market. Um, but then I never looked at any of the stocks that were, uh, popular at that time. Um, I looked at some very boring stocks and some very small stocks. So not a lot of like dot com go like type of thing. No. Um, the big, the, uh, the closest thing I ever got to something like that was Activision, which is a video game publisher. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was much smaller than it was a pretty cheap stock in the nineties. Um, but yeah, they were very boring stocks. The supermarket stock, um, a uh, snack food stock, things like that. Those are some of the typical ones. And you've never you've never taken a finance class in your life, right? I think that's true. Yeah. Or accounting class. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's basically true. Yeah. Yeah. That's just well, it's just crazy because obviously, I mean, that just shows though that what you can learn if you you know put your head down and want to learn. Yeah, it's true. I had to learn about the accounting for it. And I certainly focused on the cash flow statement first and the balance sheet next and the income statement last. I think especially when I was in my early teens, um, I didn't have a great understanding of the income statement, mm-hmm. which has a lot more assumptions built into it you sure. know, than something like that. But some things, cash flow statements pretty really pretty easy to understand. And um, balance sheet, especially current assets, sure. are really easy to understand. So... Um, yeah, and then you just value the whole company. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the big thing is that I always did was look at it at the entire company, sort of like 
we talk about enterprise value, things mm-hmm. like that. I always looked at it as would I buy the entire company, never, you know, what the share price was and things like that. And I think that way of thinking about it made me a value investor. You know, that was the same thing that you see with Ben Graham and things like that. Did you pick up on that from somebody else or was that just something? No, that's just the only logical way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, the way, because I saw what people were doing in the 90s and it didn't make any sense. So I had to figure out, well, what does make sense? It's just so crazy to me because you would just feel like being so new into something and, you know, you would think that maybe that's just the way it is, but mm-hmm. I mean, you really took the logical way to doing it, or I guess the intelligent way to doing it. Yeah, I think it was seeing what things were like in the nineties. I mean, there were things that were trading at. There's lots of things that were trading a hundred or more times earnings. It was typical. Mm-hmm. Um, there were things that were valued at prices that didn't make any sense, um, and so you had to figure out uh, ways to think about stocks that did make sense. You know, when you looked at. Um, ha- I mean, I think that's what it was. I felt like I had to come up with a different way of thinking about investing. It turns out the way I thought about it is value investing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about that at the time. Wow, that's I just, incredible. you know, knew that what people were doing in the 90s didn't make sense. So what does make sense, you value the whole company and decide whether you're going to, whether it's worth buying the entire thing. And you haven't deviated from that strategy? For- Not really. I'd say the more I learned about value investing, the more dangerous that became because yeah. there's so you learn all this new stuff, all these different techniques that you can get a little too uh, fancy with what you're trying to do. Uh, but that simple idea would have is the best, and anytime that I've made money uh, consistently, it's been on the same principles. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, we really want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is our our first podcast. Like I said, we will plan to have tons of content and tons of new things coming um, from this. Uh, we will eventually. What we're going to do is we're going to pull an idea from the website and then talk about it. Um, publicly here for free. Uh, So feel free to go to www.focuscompounding.com and sign up using the podcast, the word podcast, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, as a promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Jeff, have a great day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks.